Play the fucking intro. Dustin and this is it and this is SLC Punkcast. Thank you for joining us for episode 251. Great episode yeah. because we have interview. We have a lot of interviews coming up. Uh, a lot still to do. Really excited about those. So on this episode, we have a great band from our hometown of Salt Lake City, Mandalore. We've played oh, them yeah. numerous times. Talked about them numerous times. Well, guess what? Now we actually have them on the show, so they can talk with us. About the new stuff they're up to. Oh, yeah. Be prepared for a lot of nerding out yes. and in-depth reviews of the uh, Lord of the Rings movies and books alike, as well as uh, where Star Wars is heading these days. And at some point, we do eventually talk about their music. Yes, <laughs> we do. And, and uh, them playing some live shows, and maybe at some point coming and playing live shows near you. So, yep. make sure south of the tuned. hemisphere? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get into the new music, the new stuff that came out and will be coming out recently. My list is not very updated. Unfortunately, I have been very busy in the past week, but I'm glad we're able to get all this ready to roll. Uh, first, we'll start on February 6th. The Emergency Exit, they released the 1111 Demos EP. Lawmaker released a new single called Flatline. It is awesome. Check it out. The Rum Jacks Brass for Gold EP. I've heard, I think, at least one, maybe two of the tracks that were released early, but... I definitely want to listen to more of that one. Uh, some, a lot of cool releases that came out on the 11th that I haven't had a chance to get oh, to yeah. yet, including Frank Turner, FTHC Deluxe, the Deluxe version anyway. Uh, that came out on the 11th. La Armada with Anti-Colonial Volume 2, Author and Punisher with Crueler, uh, Dissidente with The War on Two Fronts, You Vandal with Pretend I Don't Exist on Jumpstart Records, Cuffs, put out uh, Watch Me Die single. We played that. Was the last episode of the one before? It was the one before. Okay. Yeah, we played that uh, recently, before it came out, because uh, we're big fans of Cuffs, and Cuffs uh, are sweet. Thanks, Matthew, for uh, sending their stuff our way to check out early. So, you should go check it out. If, if you had, don't remember the episode, go check out the song, go check out the episode. Anyway, on February 14th, The Cribs, they officially released 78 RPM, which is an EP that came out on Dammit Records. We played a track off that a few weeks ago because we had that one early as well. Original Sun is releasing on the 17th coming up. Currents, uh, that I believe is a full length. Arena 6 or Sace, is that right? Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, seis. There we go, six. Yeah. six. <laughs> I had to count that shit out loud. Anyway, uh, that is probably in uh, Spain, but not in Spanish. It's in, what's the other one? Why is my mind drawing a blank? A lot of the Spanish bands or bands from Spain, they're from that other area that speak that other language. My mind is drawing a blank. I don't know. Not Portugal, is it? No, not Portuguese or Portugal, but uh, we'll get there, I'm sure. Tough Ain't Enough <laughs> Records. The album is called Urat Setetek. I'm sure I've got that screwed Setetaki? up. Uh, maybe? Maybe. maybe. 
Anne Beretta. That is also a new release. It looks like Basque. There we go. Ah, from Basque Country. So the name of the album translates into English as From the Ashes. It doesn't give me a better translation, and I'm probably not going to do a better job. But anyway, uh, Arena 6 or 6 is releasing that on the 17th. Anne Beretta is releasing Rise on the 17th. Brick by Brick is releasing Dismal Existence on Upstate Records on the 18th. Roughneck Riot is releasing Burn It to the Ground on SBAM Records. I've had that one early. I need to listen to that still. Uh, I think I heard one of the tracks. It was cool. I definitely want to get into more. On the 18th, Mickey Lee's Mutated Music is releasing Variants of Vibe on Wicked Cool Records. Down Goes Goodman is releasing I Thought We Were Hanging Out EP. Trophy Jump is releasing Feels, and that's on Horn and Hoof Records. The Midwich, not the, but Midwich Cuckoos is releasing Glory of the Death or Glory Part 2 EP on the 23rd, and we will be doing an interview with them soon. Wolfric is doing, uh, releasing on the 25th. Clones, Meth Rats is releasing Ultimate Culprit on the 25th, and Ceasefire is releasing So Sick on the 25th. In case you didn't notice, I think Faction S and the split with Concrete Elite on Rebellion Records, I think is it's either out or coming out soon. It's been announced since like last May. It's been taken forever, but I think finally on vinyl, it's either got its pre-order or it is being released here soon. So if that's something you're looking forward to, go check out Rebellion Records. Eric, that's all I have for this part of the show. What do you have to add to it? I have a couple new releases that also came out on the 11th. Okay. There was this EP from Nate Palm Death. Resentment is always seismic. A final throw of throws. A final throw of throws. Yeah, I have. I've listened to a little bit of it. I don't really know too much other than the fact that it's just an eight-song EP. But yep, it is released. And yeah, check it out. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got some good ones. And also, <clears throat> one of the bands here in our respective Salt Lake City, is a hardcore band, relatively new, called Spent. They released yes. their first EP, To Be Written. I needed to add that in. That's on my list of stuff to get added in. They actually reached out and like, hey, check this out. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to, and I just haven't had a chance to get to anything. So many emails, interviews that we're working on lining up that I've got to get back to. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah. <laughs> What's funny is uh, they actually sent me a message on uh, Instagram uh, this morning. At least I read it this morning, and they were saying, hey, it's too bad that Slug isn't going to review the show on Friday, and uh, we'll be talking about that show later on in the episode. And I was like, yeah, well, Slug is uh, not really doing that stuff, at least, I don't know, I've been out of the loop with them, but they've been getting a lot safer, uh. and a little bit lame. That's too bad. And they're like, oh, well, I noticed you had a Slug article on your bio. I'm like, oh, yeah. That's the review that my band got. It must still be up there. <laughs> and they were just like, uh, well, I hope to see you at the show. I'm like, I will be there. And also, check out our EP. Oh, yeah, that did come out. All right, I'll listen to it. Right. So got around to listening to it today. And yeah, it's a good one. It awesome. is a good EP and very good uh, first step. Not too, uh, not too stoked about the production because it's a little soft in some places, a little drowning in some, but... The energy is still there, and, I mean, who's really proud of their first release, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. This still got a ways to go, in my opinion, but I will be showing off some of their music from those t uh, from that EP 
uh, in the next couple of episodes. I know I got one uh, scheduled for a new song next episode, so maybe in the next two. Awesome. I think we'll do that. Cool. <laughs> well, anything else to add to the new songs, or do you have a new song you got to talk about? I have a new song I got to talk about. Talk about it. All right, this is a band from Sweden. It was introduced to me by uh, my friend Josh, who I play in the band Heart of Dark with. (laughs) (laughs) Whom with I play in the band Heart of Dark. Anyway, he uh, at practice one day, he gives me a uh, 10-inch LP. Uh, 10-inch... It's a 10-inch record, for the love of God, (laughs) of this band called Tower Crane Towers. And he was like, give this a listen and give him a shout out on your podcast if you like him. So I listened to the to the 10-inch and I was like, wow, this is actually really good. And I went and checked out their uh, uh, checked out their history and their discography. And wouldn't you know it, they just released an album. As in on the 23rd of January, they released an album called Cloudy Skies, Clear Intentions. Oh, I'm sorry. They're not from Sweden. They're from Netherlands, which is just uh, south of Sweden. So, you know... Kind of like saying you're from Utah when you're really from Arizona. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, yeah. They are from the Netherlands. And and yeah, their album, uh, Cloudy Skies, Clear Intentions, it's a really solid album. It's got a lot of... uh, it's got a lot of skate punk and pop punk ethics that are going on in there. It reminds me a lot of uh, a lot of Strike Anywhere, a lot of Direct Hit, a bit of Descendants, and also a little bit of Green Day, just uh, really in guitar tone and uh, rhythm patterns, and just the just the how the strumming comes off. In one song, it re- I was like, "This sounds an awfully close to how the riff to Basket Case goes." Oh, so yeah, kind of a yeah, kind of weird little. Uh, intricacies that are put into their sound but they are really good and the album is not that long it's only not even 10 tracks i don't think i never really looked at the uh, track listing but i just listened to it over and over again and in doing that i picked one song that really stood out above the rest and that is the granger this is the one that really stands out sort of like a strike anywhere song where it's really fast really poppy and really melodic and then it also has its little heavy parts where it just goes into a little bit more slammy territory. Not exactly melodic hardcore, like you don't think of uh, Stick to Your Guns or even Pears for that matter. They're, they're definitely doing their own thing. They're bringing, yep, they're bringing skate punk and pop punk t- that, I wouldn't want to say bringing it. They are definitely fine representatives of such in Scandinavia. So, without further ado, here's The Granger, one of the newest tracks from Tower Crane Towers.
Yep. Kind of sound familiar out there. <laughs> but again, it's kind of like they're uh, not ripping off an entire band. They're just kind of ripping off little segments of bands. Because upon listening to that, I'm like, oh yeah, these guys also remind me of Strung Out. They also remind me of Rise Against. Of par- alongside all the aforementioned bands that I said this song specifically reminds me of. They probably listen to those bands. They're probably what you get, right? They're, they're the blender, and they're throwing in all the stuff that they listen to, which is <laughs> what you're naming, and you blend it up, and this is what you get. Yep, pretty much. What's funny is uh, I was talking with the uh, uh, my bandmates with uh, within Heart of Dark, and we're saying uh, we just kind of have a had a really good writing session, and we're all just uh, after the fact, kind of patting ourselves on the back, like a uh, good job, everybody, and. <laughs> Then we get talking like uh, how all the inspiration is coming from us, and we're thinking, yeah, when we're writing a song, we just remember parts of certain songs that get us really excited. So it's like, okay, let's take that part and put it in. Let's take this other part and put it in. And that way we have an entire song, and we'll be excited the whole way through. There you go. So, yeah, there you go. There's the key to writing good music, folks. (laughs) (laughs) So just uh, pick up what a band like Tower Crane Towers is putting down. Well, we have more new music, but like we said earlier, coming up, interview with Mandalore. We're going to play a couple more new tracks off of Weapon of the Enemy, which is their new EP. So stay tuned for more of that after we get to some more music, which is The Serial Killers. They are from New Jersey, and that is cereal like the cereal you eat for breakfast. Because really? this Serial Killers are Serial Killer Mascot Rejects. Sorry, Serial Killer. Serial Mascot Rejects turn pop punk band, which uh, I the, remember. I remember we were playing these guys on a their while ago. <laughs> yes, from their first release. This is their second release. They put out Snap Crackle Pop Punk on January fifteenth of twenty twenty two, and the band is comprised of Count Rockula, Tone D, the Tiger, Hit 'Em Frog, and Pix Rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> And in case you're curious, yes, they do dress up in costumes, uh, at least <laughs> according to the pictures I've seen of them. Uh, they're in costumes, so <laughs> check them out. Uh, let's check out a track. If they, real quick, if they do a kind of a cultish style album, they need to bring a guest vocalist on there and name them Toucan Damned. Toucan Damned, I like it. <laughs> Maybe that will be the the newest addition to the band on the next album. We'll see. Maybe so. On this album, Snap, Crackle, Pop, Punk, let's check out the track Wheaties and Birios. And that is Wheaties, W-E-E-D-I-E-S. Ooh. Not like the cereal, but like the cereal. Wheaties and Birios. <laughs> Stoner Breakfast. <laughs> Boys in blue, but 
and Berios. Now just picture that band. Uh, do I want to call it dressed or that's just what they are? That's just what they are. They're uh, rejected serial mascots. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, cool band, the Serial Killers. We did play something off a uh, previous release, but that's something off their new release. Snap Crackle Pop Punk came out January fifteenth. Wheaties and Birios, uh, a lot of other cool ones on that full length. You know the funny thing is that it reminded me of probably the most out of left field song. Just in the just in the chorus, it reminds me of kind of the lead in to the song "Karma Chameleon" by okay. Culture Club. It's like <laughs> you come and go, you come and go, karma, 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 chameleon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, <laughs> picking up uh, weird weird things that may or may not be an influence on certain songs today so far. So. Well, I, let's keep that train rolling and see yeah. what you think on the next one. That was the Serial Killers. Let's move from yeah. New Jersey to Copenhagen and Denmark. I will ah. be doing another episode. I'm way behind. I meant to do this a couple weeks ago. Did an interview with Steen Thompson that I'm including uh, on the next episode of Punkanoi Worldwide because Steen talked with me about a bunch of great Denmark punk bands. I did an episode of uh, punk bands from Denmark. I was planning one more, but I'm actually doing two more. And having him uh, on the next one, he is, has been in and is playing in some of these current ba- these bands. But Dream Police, Heroes to None, Last Seen Laughing, The Zero Point, The Snotty Punk Parade. Uh, he's played in Mourner, Dunderheads, uh, War of Destruction. So many bands. There's so many great bands. He lives in our house in Denmark. He's going to join me and talk about some of the bands that I played, some of his bands, and just the Danish punk scene in general. But the reason why I'm mentioning all that now is because this band, Dungeon Days, I'll also be playing something off of their new release, but a different track uh, on that episode. Their new release came out November 1st of 2021. It's called Dungeon Days 2. And we're going to check out a track from it. Here is some Danish punk Uh, Dungeon Days, the track is called Hangover Halo.
Dungeon Days, Hangover Halo, off of Dungeon Days 2. What'd you think? It sounds like we're kind of uh, writing a trend here. We're kind of of developing a theme. Everything is revolving around the poppier side of punk with our current tracks. That is true. That's how we went with the newer tracks. And I think you'll still get a little bit of that as we move through. But uh, definitely not exclusive to this episode. Yep, definitely not. Because I know stuff's going to get weirder slash heavier. Especially with Mandalore. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> which are coming up, but before we get there, let's do some older, lesser-known music. You're up first. What do you got? I got a song from the once-renowned Riverboat Gamblers. Yes. Yeah. Who even remembers these guys? They kind of I just saw the punk the... rock bowling. Really? This year. This year? They were at punk rock bowling, and they were great. Wow. I didn't even see that. They were one of my... <laughs> I think one of my favorite performances at Punk Rock Bowling this year. And they were even on the small stage, the second stage that was at the main venue. Ah, okay. Well, I was not aware of that. Well, it's a good (laughs) thing that people still remember them because they are, by all rights, a very good band. I agree. (laughs) Yeah, Riverboat Gamblers, they still... Once again, we're still kind of riding that uh, poppy, popish punk train. And these guys are no exception. They have a lot of good songs, but... One of which I gotta take from their album, To the Confusion of Our Enemies, which I guess is their uh, most beloved record. <clears throat> and yeah, I'd have to say the same. It's a really good one. They put out uh, uh, quite a few records. They haven't put out any full length since uh, 2012, though, but they've released a strain of EPs and splits and uh, singles throughout the 2010s and into the 2020s. The latest of which just came out last year called Ram Motorhead. Right. Yeah, Ram Motorhead. I don't know <laughs> what that, I don't know what it is. I haven't heard it. I've heard a couple of their splits from uh, uh, 2014, 2015, sometime around there. But yeah, the last LP was in 2012. I believe it was the, uh, let me see. Nope, not that one. The Wolf You Feed. There we go. Okay. So, yeah, they only have uh, six LPs to their name so far, but they're pretty solid. It's pretty good. They started back in 97. Yeah. But, yeah, back in 97, and they're still, obviously, going to this day. Yep. Yeah. They may not have uh, released a, a solid full length, but they've been releasing a lot, so they're keeping busy. And, and yeah. How... I got a funny story of how I discovered these guys, but I will save that for after the fact, because... I want to video game for me. I'll say mine now. I discovered these guys on a video game. Of course you did. (laughs) And I don't remember which one it was. It was on the Xbox, probably the Xbox One, maybe. No, maybe Xbox. I don't remember. Anyway, and it wasn't Tony Hawk's Pro Skater because people might think that. It was something else. I don't remember. I didn't play a lot of skateboarding video games. It must have been Doom. Could have been. (laughs) I don't remember. (laughs) Anyway. Okay, so... So yes, the uh, one probably one of my favorite tracks that they have released. Definitely my favorite from this album. Let's listen to it. This is "Don't Bury Me." I'm still not dead.
Yeah, kind of a semi-title track as well. To the confusion of our enemies, just keep screaming out, I'm still not dead yet. Yeah, you heard it. <laughs> right. And my ATV Off-Road Fury 4 was the video game on Xbox 360. Okay. So it still was a semi-sports uh, game. It was. Yeah. Uh, they did have, and it was True Crime was the song. That was my introduction to the Riverboat ah. Gamblers. And that was originally on To the Confusion of Our Enemies. Also, from To the Confusion of Our Enemies, they had other songs. On Again, Off Again, on Madden mm -hmm. 2007. And True Crime was also on Flat Out Ultimate Carnage from 2007. And Skate 2 had Uh-Oh!, and that game came out in 2009. All those tracks being on To the Confusion of Our Enemies and also on a video game. Uh, hey, Hey, Hey was on Tony Hawk's American Wasteland, in case you were curious. I didn't play it, though. <laughs> <laughs> Neither did I, but I did play a lot of Tony Hawk. <laughs> nice. Anyway, your story on how you came across him is probably far cooler than mine. What was it? A little bit, yes. <laughs> I'm already telling you now. The... Uh, uh, so back in the, back in the days, um, back in the day, my high school days, <laughs> um, my friends and I, we went to go see, uh, Flogging Molly perform and who should be supporting them on that tour, but Riverboat Gamblers. And this was when they were, uh, on, yeah, this is when they were touring, uh, promoting their album, which came out, which I believe was Night of the Owl. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that came out in 09 and we were seeing them in uh, 2010. So, Riverboat Gamblers, they're coming out, and me and my friends, we're just dancing around, we're having a good time, and they're putting on a great show. They're just, like, full of energy, and they're just all really right? positive. They're just getting everybody going. Which was accurate for what they did at Punk Rock Bowling. Yep. That's an accurate description there, too. I've seen them uh, two other times after this, and, yeah, they still put on a great show. I can attest to that. <laughs> yeah, great band, great guys, and I would know that, too, because I met them, but... That's part three of the story. Let's get into part two. Everyone's having a good time, but except for one individual. Oh, that's <laughs> In between songs, he just uh, he just yells up at the singer and goes, You suck! Flips him the finger and everything. And uh, the, their singer, I forget his name, but he just looks at him like, Excuse me? <laughs> really? Oh, I'm sorry that we're not your type. I'm sorry that we're not the type of some big, burly, ugly-looking man who just has nothing better to do but come out to a show just to boo the opening act off the stage. Right. Just calling him out. And he was just haggling them, just like, get off the stage, we want flogging ball, get that. I'm not sure if the guy was inebriated or not. I'm, I'm willing to bet that he was. <laughs> and... Mind you, this guy, he was pretty tall, and he was burly. He was a large-set individual. And um, me and, uh, my, and my friend, we're 15 years old. We're kind of short. We're pretty scrawny. And as soon as the music starts playing, we just I just look at, we look at each other. I give a little side head nod towards the guy. And it's like, yeah, let's do it. So we go, and we jump on the guy, and we just start beating him. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, we're just like these guys are awesome. Fuck you for calling them out. Nice. And he, he kind of got the memo, but he still hung around. So in the pit, we just targeted him. We would go around the circle and we just go boom and intentionally just ram into the guy until he eventually left. So it's like good. You're not gonna bring down everybody's mood, right? Yep. And in the end, it was a it was a great show. One of the best ones I've been to. One of the best times I've seen Foggy Molly as well. So. Awesome. 
And that was back in 2010. That was still when they were on tour uh, for their Float album. Cool. Yep. I got those bit of bragging rights. Anyway, uh, fast forward a few months later, uh, we were at the Warp Tour in 2010, and Riverboat Gamblers were on that as well. And we went to their booth, and we were like, hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> we're excited to see you guys perform, all that stuff. And that's like, yeah. And we just sat there shooting the shit with them, and they're like, by the way, we have a funny story. When you guys came through with a flogging Molly, oh yeah, and we told them the story of how we uh, just <laughs> punched that guy out of the crowd, pretty much. And they were like, "Whoa, really? You guys did that for us, dude? You guys are awesome. Thank you." <laughs> and they gave us some buttons as a reward. Awesome. <laughs> so that was a great, kind of a great uh, relationship I have to this band. That's cool. Yep. Apart from me just liking their music. I had a pretty uh, fun introductory story to, to them, anyway. Yeah, it's way cooler than playing an ATV uh, Xbox game. <laughs> <laughs> yep, so Riverboat Gamblers, if, uh, if this episode finds you, you end up listening to it, and if you, by some, some stroke of luck, remember that incident and remember that story, I, I will be very surprised, but yep, here's a nice little reminder. <laughs> of what some of your fans will do for you. That's awesome. Well, the next band I don't have quite the connection with, but Ray Yao, who I believe does vocals in the band, he reached out. This band is from Xi'an in China, and the band is called The No Name. And no Name is all one word, so if you're going to look mm. them up, The No Name. Uh, and just so you know, the saxophone in this track is played by Matt Appleton, the sax player of Real Big Fish. Hey! There you go. That must be the only guy in Real Big Fish who has a mohawk. Uh, it could be. I think it, it was. could be. I remember specifically, looking at their horn section, one of the guys playing the saxophone had a mohawk. He was the only guy on there. That's awesome. Well, the No Name, they put out a split with Big D and the Kids Table on November 23rd of 2021. So obviously this isn't that old of a track. It's only like three months, something like that, right? Three, four months old. Uh, not old at all, but you might not know them as they are called the no name. Uh, the split is called Boston to Jian, and that is because Big D and the Kids Tables from Boston. These guys are from Jian. I was right. <laughs> nice. That is Appleton. He is the guy with the mohawk. Well, the guy with the mohawk is playing the sax, so let's listen to the sax and what everything else that goes along with the no name. Thank you, Ray, for sharing with us. We're going to play a track off of it. It's called Godsend 303.
Ross, what'd you think of that sax? Well, I was waiting for it, and it's like, ah, there it is. Yes. <laughs> yep. Kind of cool how uh, uh, how Appleton is kind of going out of his uh, comfort zone, that zone being of real big fish. Right. We hear them. They're basically like a, a children's ska music. <laughs> <you> know? <laughs> I enjoy real big fish, but I think that's a great description. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like if they're uh, – like if Aquabats is the Nick Jr. of ska, then uh, – Real Big Fish is the Nickelodeon. There you go. And I'm talking 90s Nickelodeon when it still had a bit of an edge to it, you know? <laughs> so if you if you love that stuff, then you'll love Real Big Fish. I mean, I did. Burned out too hard on him, though, and now I'm just like, eh, I really used to listen to that. Anyway, he, <laughs> I like how he's kind of crossing over into something that's not objectively ska music. I mean, you hear them. They're a bit more... Again, on the poppier side, much right. how Real Big Fish is respectfully on the poppier side, but you, you don't hear a lot of the upstrokes in Sky. You don't hear uh, um, an additional horn section to uh, complement that of Appleton's, but they do get into that way. But most of it is just like straightforward, hard-hitting, breakneck speeds of skate punk and also the little poppier side of the vocals. So yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, kind of a mixed bag, but definitely you listen to it and you would not think real big fish. <laughs> exactly. Go check out the no name. Boston 2 Jian is the split with Big D and the kids table. Thank you again to Ray. The track was called God Send 303. Uh, you did send us 303. Can we return them? That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, funny. All right, we're going to do some, uh, talk about some concerts, some live shows, those kind of things, because that's what we do here. Then Eric's going to play a great cover-to-cover album, and then we're going to listen to some new Mandalore, followed by an interview with all four members of the band Mandalore. Yeah, we landed all four. One of them had to come in via, uh, was it Zoom? Zoom, yep. Via Zoom, but we got them. Ladies yes. and gentlemen, we got them. Before we get there, Eric... Live shows, concerts, what do you got? Well, what have I got? I got a few that are coming up. Um, yeah, on the 16th, that being that being tonight, actually. Never mind. I'm not going to talk about that. You'll have already went to it. But anyway, <laughs> it was Knuckle Puck at the Complex. Okay, cool. So, yeah, that happened. <laughs> anyway, the big show, the one that I was kind of alluding to earlier in the episode, is this Friday, the 19th, with Despite Despair, Absolved, Run Into the Sun, and Spent. Awesome. Yep, and it's a it's a stacked lineup so a stacked lineup show, and it's a benefit show for the Gear Collective. So a lot of money gonna be going towards that. That's cool. gonna be great. And of course, Sunny Singh, who is known under who is basically known as his Facebook and not Facebook uh, YouTube moniker Hate Five Six. Okay, and he is the one who has documented. Almost every single hardcore show, it seems. <laughs> I mean, he covered all of the sets at This Is Hardcore for the last decade, at least. And he goes around, he uh, goes to different areas of the world and documents live shows from uh, from each community's respective bands. And he's made a name of himself doing that. And it's not. it started off as kind of a bootleg footage, and then he made a profession out of it. And it is arguably... The best footage of any hardcore show you will see in this day and age that you can view pretty much for free. 
Awesome. Yep. A lot of his stuff is on YouTube. Go check it out. It is, he's got a vast library. <laughs> like, like I said, he's been doing this for years and he's been going to a lot of shows. A lot. <laughs> and now he's finally made his way down to, uh, uh, finally made his way to Salt Lake City to record four of our bands. That is four, right? One, two, three, four. Yes. Okay. <laughs> four of our bands for a benefit show. So Salt Lake City, bring your A game. This right? is going to be a scorcher. It's going to be great. <laughs> That's awesome. Yep. I myself was on a uh, 856 video. He was recording... Um, he was recording the, uh, I don't know what it was. It was a show out in California with, uh, Trial, Mouthpiece, and Strife, among many other bands. It was a New Age, it was a New Age Records, uh, kind of festival type thing. Okay. And he was there, he was filming the whole thing, and Trial was headlining, and Trial is one of my favorite bands, so I was up front, and, uh, their singer, Greg, he's like, hey, Eric, I know that you had a birthday, so this one is dedicated to you. And then they went into their song Reflections. And as soon as the and as soon as it all hit, he he just threw the mic out to me in the crowd and I got to sing the whole first <laughs> verse with people crawling over me to get the mic grabs as well. It was fucking great. That's you can awesome. see that on Hate Five Six YouTube page. Go look at me. <laughs> <laughs> but no, look at the rest of his uh, profile. He's got a one hell of a catalog. That's awesome. <laughs> yep. And uh, also on the uh, 23rd, which will be a week from today, next Wednesday, uh, Lane and the Chain, or Courtney Lane and the Chain, will be playing at the Metro with Fight the Future, Narc, and Snake Eyes. Cool. So, yeah, if you heard Lane and the Chain, you know that they are nothing like the other bands that I mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the closest of which, I mean, uh, Courtney Lane, she is a hardcore kid. She's a metalhead, but she is also a very wonderful, uh, multi-talented musician in vocals and piano and also in guitar. Cool. And, yeah, she is worth seeing live. She's got a hell of a voice, a hell of a band behind her. It's It's wonderful music. And, of course, you got Fight the Future, just like that fast kind of youth crew style state skate punk narc with their power violence and snake eyes who i've never heard so <laughs> but they are i'm assuming just based on their image they are similar to narc so cool it's gonna be nothing like courtney lane so a mixed bag a mixed musical bag and that is great we like seeing that around these pods awesome. so so yeah that's all i got for this upcoming week Excellent. A couple I've got to add are uh, Violent Way is making their out wet their way out west at First Street Pool and Billiards in Los Angeles. Twelve dollar pre tickets, fifteen dollars day of on February twenty sixth. You can see Violent Way, Downside, Castillo, Criminal Outfit, and The Getaway. Handful of those bands that we have played on the show. And then just a couple other ones. I'm going to mention the Circle Jerks National Tour 20 or 2022. It started uh, and shows already sold out in California. It's got several California shows. It'll be here in Salt Lake on St. Paddy's Day, March 17th. So it's out here on the West. And it goes all the way through the end of April, May 1st, even wrapping up in Dallas. Go look up Circle Jerks or... They'll be playing with Bouncing Souls, Adolescence, Seven Seconds, and Negative Approach. Depending on where you are, yep. we get Seven Seconds and Negative Approach here in Salt yeah. Lake. Other places will get some of those other bands. So if you want, go follow some of those other bands if you want to see those shows. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm excited to see the Circle Jerks because I never have. 
but I'm also really excited to see Seven Seconds. I've seen him a couple of times, seen Kevin Seconds perform his acoustic solo stuff once, and yeah, Seven Seconds, I know they were in a band for a while, they had broken up a few years ago, prior to a punk rock bowling gig that they were supposed to be playing, I remember, and then that's... uh, they canceled out of that show, so I was like, well, I'm not going to buy my ticket to that anymore. So I'm excited that Seven Seconds is coming back into the limelight. I really cannot wait for that whole show. Also, negative approach. They are just, my God, they are heavy. <laughs> well, California, it's you first. Some of the shows are already sold out, so. Uh, of course they are, because that's where Circle Jerks hails from. Right. California, several California shows are February, and they'll wrap up February in Reno and start working their way through uh, Boise, Oregon, and so forth until they get here to Salt Lake. Uh, We're going to go back to California on February 18th, which is just a couple days from now. You'll get to see Skullcrack, Overexposure, Human Issue, and Dead 77 at Characters Bar in Pomona, California. $8 in advance, $10 at the door. That is pretty awesome. I uh, would love to get to go see Dead 77 out there. And then 21 Gun Salute, Dry Sockets, The Outskirts, Badass will be this Saturday, the 19th, the day after, at Characters in Pomona. So you can go check out uh, two great shows there, back-to-back nights there in Pomona, California, at Characters, always putting on good shows, good bands. And finally, I'm going to announce, <clears throat> we're going to talk more about the Salt Lake shows with Project Sellout, but Project Sellout has a handful of shows between February 25th and the end of April. Uh, February 25th is in Yuma, Arizona. 26th is in Tucson, Arizona, and in Phoenix, uh, also on the 26th, a later show. They do a lot of those day show, later shows, and then they'll be working their way through Pueblo, Colorado, Grand Junction, Denver, early March. So all those are coming up soon. You can go see Project Sellout. They'll be playing with bands like Decade of Disaster. Oh, wait, no, that's sorry. That's the name of <laughs> the shows, the bands they're playing with. I was like, who the fuck's that band? Why'd they call, call it Disaster? Now, they'll be playing with Urethane, Mandalore, and Backhand, depending on the shows. So uh, we're going to be talking more about that here in a moment. That wraps up this yep. portion of the show, though. Eric, let's get into that great cover-to-cover album. Okay. Yep, we are now officially going to stray away from the pop punk side and go straight into the, well, the gypsy punk side. Right. And who better to, uh, who better to represent gypsy punk than Gogol Bordello? Right. Is oh, there anybody yes. else? Like you just need them. It's an entire genre, and it's that band. Maybe there's ah, other ones, there but are. it's that band. There are. Okay. Uh, only one that I can name off the top of my head is the band Visa. I have I played them a couple years ago on this show. Their okay. album Made in Chernobyl. They kind of have the same setup. They're just a bit more on the metallic side as opposed to the punk side. Okay. As Gogol, but Gogol Bordello, whose name is actually is actually a play on words to Nikolai Gogol and Bordello, the uh, the Spanish translation of brothel. Okay. So Nikolai Gogol's brothel. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> take from that what you will. I don't know too much about Nikolai Gogol himself or uh, uh, or anything to do with or him. Or Bordello or Bordellos in general. <laughs> yeah, something like that. I assume it has to do with uh, their lead singer, Eugene Hutz, who is actually from Ukraine. So he probably just uh, makes a little uh, reference to his uh, homeland, to his culture, 
and just decided to take a bunch of people from all over the world who are multi-talented and many different instruments and put them into one band. So it's like, he is Nikolai Gogol. This is my bordello. <laughs> there you I, go. Yeah. That's just me kind of uh, going, just kind of shooting off into the dark there and <laughs> just kind of making my own assumptions uh, reality or a hopeful reality. <laughs> but I could be completely out of, I could be completely out of line here. Let's uh, stop talking about that, and let's talk about the music. <laughs> the music, I'm going with their the big yellow album with the slingshot on it. Everybody knows that one. That was That is Gypsy Punk, Underdog, World Strike. That was the album that really put them on the map, on the, pop, on the punk rock world. Old habits die hard. <laughs> <laughs> on the punk rock world, and... Oh man, they just took it by storm. Everybody knew Gogol after that. Everybody was singing the lyrics to 60 Revolutions, to, uh, oh God, think locally, fuck globally. <laughs> and so, so many others. So, so yeah, I became a part of that trend. And, and in doing so, my introduction to him was the song Not a Crime. Which is not the introduction to this album, though I think it should be, in my opinion. But no, it's three songs in, and it just has this uh, really unique buildup. It just has this really heavy style, and then all of a sudden the violins and accordions come in, and it just sounds like you're in a cro- in a fucking, in a fucking carnival in, in the middle of Slavic Europe. <laughs> That's what it feels like. That's what it sounds like, and it is beautiful. So. Let's get it going here. This is not a crime. Я письмо достал, Николай Иванович. Я опять запрещённое. Совершенно запрещённое. Белинского Гоголю. Ах, Николай Иванович, какое письмо. Hey! 
душа потемки. introduction to that band right there right i mean out of all eight members i mean you have eugene who's doing the vocals and also sporting an acoustic guitar you have an electric guitar electric bass and drums along with other sources of percussion along with a violin and an accordion and this is what you get out of it (laughs) and it works man it sure does oh yeah and, uh, and I love this album, just how sporadic it can change, just how spastic it is in its energy. And, and as the years went on, they got a little bit more reserved. I mean, the only album that I can say is a contender for this one is Transcontinental Hustle for many uh, different reasons. And uh, that one, they kind of uh, take part in, the, in being a bit more reserved. But back in those days, back when this album was released, which was uh, 2005... Oh, man, the energy was through the roof. You could just see people just throwing bottles onto the ceiling. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I picture on there. And uh, Gogo Bordello, I've seen them twice now. I've seen them twice. Funnily enough, I reviewed their show when they came here in uh, 2013. Yeah, 2013. And that was the first article I ever had published via Slug Magazine. That's awesome. So, yeah, kind of a... I don't know, poetic in a source? I don't know. Whatever. It's That'll just be one cool. you remember. <laughs> yeah. It's one, of course, I remember. Every every journalist remembers when they are first published. Right. So, <clears throat> anyway, what I'm getting at is they're, uh, I've seen them twice now. Their live shows, oh, they are just wonderful to see live. They have a whole performance. They got people dancing around on stage, taking these uh, big bass drums that you have strapped to your chest and just beating them and just getting everybody involved. It's a fun show. It's a party, man. That's awesome. Yep. So they still have a, and just great performers all around. Um, yeah, as a, as part to their uh, really spastic approach towards their music, I feel like it was best in uh, 60 Revolutions. I know that's kind of a uh, prototypical song to play on a, uh, when talking about a Gogo Bordello album, but yeah, 
there's a reason. <laughs> there's a reason why this one is so popular. It's just because it can shift on a dime. But one day, you could be hearing a gypsy folk song, and you could be hearing a metal song. You could be hearing a punk rock song, <clears throat> and it shifts ever so seamlessly. It just, awesome. it just works, man. <laughs> These guys are, uh, uh, what do you want to say? Uh, they're just a smorgasbord of all things that are rad. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so with that having been said, here is 60 Revolutions per minute. Sixty Revolutions per minute. This is my regular speed. So how do you want me to live with it? How do you want me to live with it? Without bringing Revelations per minute This is my regular need So how do you want me to live with it? How do you want me to live with it? I'm gathering new generation That's gonna stand up to it To this karaoke Karaoke dictatorship Where posers and models and guitars Get to the shit for bits I make a better rock revolution Alone with my dick We are eliminating all our lives We are overthrowing us We are emptying the bars We are suing with your shots We're mentioned that Eugene Hutz is uh, multilingual. Yeah, right? Yeah. Did you catch all the little uh, Spanish bits in there? Yep. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, just uh, one of those things that just make it such a unique experience, Gogo Bordello. And, yeah, now I hope you all can see why I chose that one specifically to 
represent Gogo Bordello because right. that I think is their uh, calling card song. I think that is the one that uh, should be that granted them all the merit of which they are deserving. So Gogo Bordello, never forget the underdog world strike. Don't forget these guys. I don't think it's I don't think it's possible to forget them. Right. At least not in the scope of us. Uh, uh, Western listeners. <laughs> I can imagine people back in Ukraine is just like, oh, I've heard it before. <laughs> Again, I can't, I can't speak for them. I'm probably just uh, probably just uh, falsifying information, creating little uh, little tangibles that I would like to believe, but uh, just goes to show how excited I am about this band. <laughs> Nice. They still get. They still grant me all that excitement, just like the band we will be talking about now. <laughs> yes, we did an interview with the band Mandalore, as we've stated before. We've given you an idea of what we're going to talk about. Their new EP shows they're going to be playing. I alluded to that with the Project Sellout shows. We'll talk more about yeah. that, and we'll let the band talk more about that. Uh, they did release a new EP called Weapon of the Enemy. It's on Irish Voodoo Records. You can get it digitally on Irish Voodoo Records' Bandcamp page as of December 17th, 2021. Pre-orders are still open for the vinyl. It's a lathe cut vinyl. Go get you uh, on that pre-order list. As you will hear the band say, it, it shouldn't be long. It's not going to be one of those order now and getting like six to eight months or something like that. <laughs> so... Uh, go order on Irish Voodoo Records webpage, but you can go to the Bandcamp page, it'll direct you to their webpage. Anyway, Mandalore, they released Weapon of the Enemy. They have two originals. We played Son of Hama on an earlier episode, mm -hmm. uh, probably closer to that December release date, but they do have another original track called Odd Fellows, and then they have two redone tracks in the way that would sound like a Mandalore track. I think I got that right. And so we're yeah. going to listen to one of those after the interview. So we're going to get into the interview. Thanks to all the guys in the band. Uh, just enjoy the interview. It's fun. We have a great time talking. And we'll see you on the other side. Here is Mandalore with the track off of Weapon of the Enemy EP. It's called Odd Fellows.
sitting here with all four members of Mandalore, three of which are present, and we have uh, their little drummer coming in through the digital video output. Whatever. <laughs> We're looking at him through Zoom. Hi, Tucker. Hey. And who else do we have here? Uh, me, I'm Conrad. I'm Mike, I'm the guitar player. <laughs> I'm Andrew, I play bass. So, for those of you who don't know, this is Mandalore. This is the, these are the guys who are representatives of Salt Lake, Straight Edge, Star Wars, Hardcore. Yep, they are the only ones. <laughs> but still, now it's a genre. And now they're, but now they're traversing into Middle Earth territory. As it's of a their, niche market. Yep. Out of their uh, new EP. One of which, one song of which we played a single a couple episodes back. The Halleth, son of whatever the hell that guy's son, name is. Son of Hammer. Hammer, <laughs> yeah, so, Halleth, son of Hammer. Like if you we can pronounce all of our songs here, if you can pronounce any of our songs, <laughs> <laughs> I can't even pronounce some of our songs. <laughs> At least one. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> I read a lot of books. Specifically, <laughs> certain type of books. Yeah. Specifically, a certain type of books. Mm-hmm. Yes. The expanded universe. Yeah, I am a Star Wars guy. He's a Star Wars purist. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. There's nothing wrong with that. (laughs) The first thing I wanted to ask is in the early days, when you first started playing shows, tell me about Satan. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so... Uh, At this point, it was ten years ago, I started a band called Satan. It was, like, supposed to be super gimmicky. It was, like, supposed to be a giant joke. I uh, started the band, and... I didn't like a certain promoter in Salt Lake, and the band did like them, and I said I wouldn't play shows for him, and they said we really want to because he got bigger shows, and I said, well, no. And so uh, next thing I knew, I got kicked out of my own band <laughs> that I wrote all the songs for, <laughs> and got everybody together, and I had so much cool stuff planned, and we only played one show, and we were supposed to play six shows at six different venues, and all a bunch of weird stuff. He became the Dewey Finn of that And band. then I think a couple <laughs> years later, Mike said that it was a cool gimmick and he wanted to do it with me. And I just was like, yeah, sure. But I always was doing like 8 million things. Reverse psychology works super good on me. <laughs> like when someone says you won't do something, it like bothers me really bad. So I do it. And Mike was just like, are we going to do this or not? I'm like, I don't know. He goes, we're not, are we? I'm like. Yeah, we are. <laughs> You're giving away secrets now. <laughs> all right, I will. Um, so he wrote the Revenge for Alderaan and sent me the track, and I, uh, I did have lyrics for it, some stuff that I'd been working on, and uh, we recorded it as a demo, and I was we were, everybody was really into it, and I showed Andrew and Zach, and they were like super into it, and we decided to do the Satan project, and we were gonna do six shows and then just 
not be a band anymore. And then it was it was specifically six shows, six s- minute set, yeah. six songs for six dollars. Yeah. yeah, and uh, yeah, it was just like a big joke, and it was supposed to be really funny. And then we ended up just like being really into it, and so we were like, should we just be a band? And I was like, well, <laughs> yeah, we wrote no because we, we have to do this. And it was like, well, if we change the name after six shows, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, we wrote all the music and kind of fell in love with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're like, okay, we kind of just want this to be a real band now. Yeah. It well, was a joke before, and, and then it became real. The shows were really fun, too, and I think that was a lot of the reason that it like stuck around, too, is we did all local shows. Yeah. So we did like a showcase it was, of mixed bills, a bunch of different local bands that you know we probably wouldn't have ever played with otherwise. Yeah. And it was every every show was a different lineup, right? Yeah, it wasn't every, like the it, same it, four. Yeah, all band. six shows yeah. had to have completely different lineups. Yeah, um, and none of us had been in a band in years. I mean, you were you were kind of in Cooler Jets, but they were, you guys were pretty. We were pretty you're, inactive. you're still kind yeah. of in Cooler yeah. Jets. I yeah, think, yeah right? it's like an inactive project. But like, <laughs> I had, one, I one had, show every ten years. Yeah, I hadn't been in a band years. in so long, and Andrew hadn't been in a band in so long. Zach was always doing PSO stuff. He lived in Utah now, so he hadn't been in a present band in a while. For clarification, Zach was our first drummer. Yeah, sorry. Tucker is our new drummer. There's no... there's Our current drummer. Only love for Zach. He's been our drummer for like four years at this point. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I still feel like the new drummer, though. That's like way longer than I feel like it's been. You are the newest member of the band, so like... You know, we're never gonna yeah. treat, we're never still, gonna treat you the same. You're still the Twenty years from now, I'm still the new guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we could get a second guitar player and be like, uh, he could be that, that that you know that would cement you into not the new guy. <laughs> or if you guy kicked me out, then you guys. Could be <laughs> that could be the new guy. Anyways, that's hey, the that's Harry, the Satan. You, uh, that's <laughs> the Satan. That's, oh, for God's sake. <laughs> that's the Satan story. I already got both my hands full. <laughs> They were really fun shows. It they was really, like really were. cool. Like everyone in the scene came together, and there was like that big cohesion. Yeah, and like yeah, being able to dial up the gimmick was really fun too. Which is also why I think like Mandalore being kind of nerdcore stuff uh, works really well for us, is because we like. Because we're nerds. Like, well, yeah, we're huge nerds, but also we like the gimmick side of things. Like, we liked being like, all right, cool, let's come out in hoods and fucking only play under red lights and black out everything else or whatever, like, goofy shit we could the come Death up Star with. Death Star Beach time. Ball. The giant Death oh, Star yeah. Beach Ball. Uh, that reminds I me. Mean, never mind. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a weird dichotomy because, like, on one hand, I'm like, dude, I play in, like, a Star Wars Lord of the Rings band, so, like, you don't take it seriously. But on the other... I do take it seriously. Totally. Like, it's it's hard to explain. It's like, yeah, I'm going to take this seriously and put real effort into it. But at the end of the day, we're going to do whatever we want. And if we look dumb, then whatever. I, yeah. think, I think that comes with, like, being the older guys in, like, a punk scene. Like, we don't really <laughs> give a shit anymore. Like, yeah. we still want to make good music and we still want to party. But, like, life isn't as serious yeah. for us Like anymore. that's Those things are more important to us. Like, making good music and partying and goofing off with our and, homies like, our yeah. way yeah like <laughs> having a fun time it's way more important than like looking cool at the show yeah like, and, and shit. I think we've done like five tours now five. At, at least I think it's five and like it was just kind of history with like Mandalore and like after that this is our fourth release now I mean technically it's our third release now you had the the live tape yeah there was the demo then the the uh, demo doesn't made count. Made by those that were dead. That one counts. Okay. Then yeah. Then the live tape. <laughs> that doesn't count. Then the one that you did, uh, what six thousand spears? That one counts. And now this one coming up. Yes. So 
that so one. Either, I guess technically either our third release or our fifth release. Yeah, just depending <laughs> on like what you want to count. Yeah. If you want to speak technically, it's your fifth release. But if you want to talk about what falls under the realm of importance, sure. then yeah, three. The demo definitely does not count. I count what you can see on a merch table, yeah, so okay. that would be four, because the demo yeah. was digital only. Okay. And I think I have a physical copy of. Yeah. And I have four. <laughs> four. <laughs> <laughs> well, on those lines, your your newest release is on Irish Voodoo Records, right? Yeah. How, how did you come across, like, this is where we want to release... It's a good thing we already introduced Zach. <laughs> <laughs> One word, connections. <laughs> Zach's basically, he's our, our former drummer, kind of, Band sort manager. of manager. Yeah. <laughs> he stills booked some of our tours. Yeah. Uh, his band PSO works with Irish Voodoo. Project Sellout now. Project Sellout. I'm we sorry. Don't dead name Project here. Sellout now. You're not Satan anymore. They're not PSO anymore. <laughs> but so, so they, they were working with them and. Zach just like, hey, check out this other band that I wasn't in. And, and we were looking for a label to put, yeah. put out this release. Yeah. So it worked out well? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Zach really goes to bat for us. In fact, the, the, like, the phone call came about Irish Voodoo pretty much because he had lunch with him that day. Zach had been trying to find us a home for a minute, too. Like yeah. he, There was a label in Hawaii that we were trying to talk to, and uh, we were going to try to talk to New Age, and... Some, some other labels that we were talking to, and Zach was just like, hey, this is going to be the best deal for you guys. Yeah, Which is awesome. They, they put out a lot of great releases over Definitely. the last year or so. Mm-hmm. A, a lot of stuff that we've been playing on the show. Yeah. Haven't heard anything I didn't like in the last year or two since they've been, you know, I, I've noticed heavily releasing stuff. Definitely. Right. Which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and they've got that, like, real DIY kind of punk rock ethic that that really appeals to us because that's kind of how we are. It's very much, if you can do it, you should be able to do it. You know, just just do it. Well, speaking of just doing it, I mean, there's a lot of segues we can go from here. Uh, you guys are going to be playing some shows outside of Utah. Well, you're going to be playing some shows in Utah, speaking of Project Sellout, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, we didn't confirm those yet. But... <laughs> <laughs> Somebody I, else confirmed them Zach, for you. <laughs> Dude, I was, I was on a cruise last week with no service, and as soon as we got service, I opened my phone, and I'm like, oh, cool, I guess we're playing some shows. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did the same, like, me and Zach had talked about it, and I was like, yeah, I'll talk to the guys, and then, like, I was gonna make you guys play the Salt Lake Day, but, like, the Provo one, I was like, yeah, maybe, I'll talk to him. Zach was like, nah, you guys are playing it. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, my girlfriend told me. Yeah. She opened up Instagram and was like, oh, you're playing these shows? And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> That's kind of how Zach operates. Yeah. He's just like, yeah, you'll do it. <laughs> Wait, Zach, well, if you can't tell me why you won't do it, and I don't think it's a good excuse, then you're going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was the same way he went on tour with us. Yeah. We'd be like, hey, Zach, don't you need drums to play these shows? I'm sure somebody's got drums there. <laughs> He's a wizard with booking shows okay. on the fly. Yeah. We watched it happen on, on, on tour. our tour. One of our days got canceled on tour, and he, like... He started making phone calls, figured it out. Like, while we're driving to the place... Wow. He's calling people, like, get all these people to come. Okay, we're, we're going to play here. Uh, okay, we need a PA. And then he just whipped out his computer and started putting together a flyer. And yeah. That was and none of it. We gotta have lookouts. <laughs> <Yeah. there. laughs> we did it in an alley. Yeah. Behind a 7-Eleven. Behind a 7-Eleven. In the middle of downtown San go Diego. Go through the 7-Eleven. Like, wow. it wasn't, like, just behind. It was, like, know the password to get past the fucking clerk go at the, the 7-Eleven. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> dude, exactly. Explain it to us like this. 
He's like, oh, the guy only hires Ethiopians and like in their like culture, it's like very submissive. So like if you guys just, just go in and like act like you own the place and they just won't care. Which is like what we did and they were just like, nah, okay. Can we use some plugs in here? Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> I, I get paid minimum wage, dude. I don't, I don't give a shit what you guys do. <laughs> Please don't break anything. <laughs> That's awesome. Can I take some waters out of the coolers? Um, sure. I'm just gonna say that you stole them later, though. Is that okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I live in Utah. <laughs> And there were like what, like fifty to sixty kids that came. Yeah, there was. Last there was. Minute. It was a. They charged one dollar for the show, and we got eighty bucks. So yeah, there was at least eighty kids. There. I, I think like twenty of that came from Zach's dad. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, here's for me and twenty kids who want to get in that don't have a book. Was Zach's dad the old guy doing front flips? Yeah, or? that's the one. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not just kidding. That happens. <laughs> Along those lines that you guys are, are planning to go outside of Utah to play some shows, where are you planning on going? Um, so, like, nothing is, well, is set in stone. The shows are booked, but I can't, like, we don't have all the itinerary yet. So I'll, we're playing a few shows in Costa Rica and a handful of shows in Colombia. Are you going to do anything along the, the way? I mean, there's quite a distance. You guys we're, flying we're there? We're flying to Colombia. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. And then flying from Colombia to Costa Rica and then... We're going to fly home. And then maybe later this year we'll work on some other states and, we'll, you know. Awesome. We'll see how we feel. <laughs> how did Costa Rica and Colombia get picked? Oh, so two years ago we were before our lives got ruined. <laughs> it, was, it, was a, it was a tour in March of 2020. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we so were supposed to play six countries. It was called the No Borders Tour. We were doing Costa Rica, uh, Nicaragua, Guatemala. And uh, El, Salvador El Salvador, and we're, we were doing like a week in Mexico. Okay. And then, of course, March 2020. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we were like getting ready to fly, and then it was like oh, everything's canceled. El Salvador won't even let anybody into the country. So it was just like Nicaragua was like, yeah, we, we'll still have you. But that was like the only place. And was like, yeah, we want to play your village, but dude, I don't know if that's going to work out. Right. I think some of the people in Costa Rica were like, you guys can still come, but nobody's going to show yeah, up. Yeah, Costa Rica was like still down to book us a show, but they told us that like they wouldn't let more than 40 people into the show. And we were supposed to play like a 500-person fest before. Wow. And it was like, I don't even know. And so it was just, it just made sense to just postpone it. Well, like postponing it back then seemed like it was going to be a... A month or month, a couple two months, months yeah. something yeah. like that, and then all of a sudden it was like it's two oh, years cool, later. Two years. Yeah, sweet. Know, we're like, <laughs> we just decided to go to Columbia because it's just going to be easier, like for the the booking agency. Lots of logistics. Yeah, stuff. like just, it ended up being those were the easier places to play right now. Yeah. Okay. Nothing interesting other beyond that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Any bands in any of those countries that kind of enticed you to go to those places, or was it just the locale that enticed you originally? Originally, I thought it would be super cool to go up, like the whole Central America, cause right? It's like every single country but Panama of Central America, and it was like we were we were trying to talk Jorge into like doing Panama too, um, but I guess it was just going to be really hard. Jorge from All Systems. Yeah, Jorge yeah. from All Systems. Cell. They they invited us originally, and then this is just the follow up. So it's not like we're going with them. Nobody wants us down there. Nobody knows who we are down there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, it was All Systems. So I was like, hey, do you guys want to tour us? And we were like, absolutely. We <laughs> That's not a question. Where and All Systems fan are fucking rock stars throughout all of the Central world. America. The world. I mean, the world, but like they play house shows in Utah, but like play arenas in other countries. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> But that's how, like, down those dudes are, is, like, 
They, they don't have an ego. Like, they'll play any show. Unless it's... They'll play 21 and up shows if it's a benefit show. And that's, like, the only way they'll play 21 and up. Okay. So they're better than us. Yeah. <laughs> you would play it if they offered you five thousand dollars. Yeah, I decided. <laughs> I decided. I found this out today. I decided that this week, and I'm gonna start pitching it. This week, I decided <laughs> that that would be my sellout point. But I would still have to play an all ages show the day before, or the like, same vicinity in the same city. Or okay. So if like Salt Lake or like Denver was like, hey, we'll give you five thousand dollars to play the show, I would say yes. But we're going to do an all-ages after show or before show. Like what Project Sellout does now yes. when they come here. Yes. Yeah. Right. That's cool. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's real important to us that music is, live music is accessible to anybody. It, it's it's got to be 100% inclusive. Yeah, if, like, if your fan base is over the age of 25, it doesn't really bode well for your scene, I feel like. like yeah. Right. You're, and how do you expect to get the it, younger generation exactly. to continue leaving, to go if you exclude them? Exactly. Yeah. You're leaving them behind. Right. And you, you're you're pushing yourself to irrelevancy. You remember that heartbreak you'd have as a kid when you totally. saw a show was 21 and over? Oh, right. Like, totally. I don't even think about that anymore because it doesn't matter. But, like, as a kid, that was the worst. Dude, it, it, yeah. it is. Yeah, I mean, I remember trying to sneak into shows. and like, sitting out caught. front. Nope. Oh, yeah, outside of Birch just when they had the window. Yeah. And then they covered the window, and I was like, oh, I'll just kill myself now. Yeah, like, <laughs> thanks, guys. That's swell. Music is, like, my only thing. Yep. And now I, d- like, you know, all yeah. the punk bands were playing 21 and up, and I just felt like I was being left behind. Yeah, I did the same thing at Urban Lounge. I remember trying to hop the fence in the back, yeah. getting caught, getting kicked out, <laughs> and just literally sitting in the front, like, cool, I can... I can hear this muffled garbage yeah. through a wall. Sweet. <laughs> I love this band. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't blame the promoter when you're a kid. You blame the band. Now, I blame both. But back yeah. then, I didn't know what a promoter was. So it was just like, that band doesn't give a shit about me. I don't want to support that band anymore. Right. And often I did. I didn't buy their music anymore. Like, you don't want me, I don't want you. And that's definitely, like Tucker was saying, it's an easy thing to forget once you're over the age of 21 because you can just go to those shows. Yeah. Right. I always like that Treehouse song. I was like, the age of life expectancy should be 16. <laughs> <laughs> Man, like, every year I get older, I, I, I agree with that song more. <laughs> there's a reason, right? That there's the saying, the constant saying there's the dying scene punk's dead all of those type of things and if you leave it to who made it originally right then it does die out but if you make it so everybody can get to it then it'll continue and i think it always will there's always the the waves where it becomes bigger and more popular and then it's kind of down where less shows less bands playing and obviously in the last two years that might be a thing where there's no live shows and not as many people are getting into it. Yeah. Hard to get into those things if your friends are bringing you to something. The other side of like what makes punk do that, like punk's dead shit, is the people being closed-minded to the new forms that punk takes on and these like yeah. younger kids being like stoked on different aspects and older generations mm-hmm. being like, man, well, not this only, shit's not, not cool. Not only that, but those old generations who say that, what are they doing to preserve yeah. it? Like, even right. if you want, like, the old school playing punk, bar shows, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, not even, or not even that. They go to just get on the internet every talking six shit. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. suck it. Yeah, <laughs> your yeah. irrelevancy shows so deep when you say punk's dead, <laughs> right? <laughs> Damn, dude, it was so much yeah. cool when I was a kid. Well, where'd you go, dude? 
Yeah, they just right? stop the second you stop going to shows or stop doing zines or stop doing like radio <laughs> shit or like you know whatever dude like life goes on yeah mm-hmm. I mean yeah. there's there's definitely bands and stuff now that has that punk aesthetic that has like that punk DIY ethos or whatever I just don't get like a hundred percent I'm like I don't understand what this is this music is weird to me this is like not my shit and. Being able to like support that and be stoked on it, I think is the most punk shit you can do. Be like, yeah, it's cool that you guys like this. Right. That's just mm-hmm. hella punk. I think it's with any music. There's there's plenty of music out there. Anything that falls under that pop music category, I'm probably yeah. not listening to the majority of it because just as you stated, I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get what you're singing about, the sounds that you're making that in a lot of hip hop, you know, I coach high school sports. And the music that the kids are listening to, and I hate to say it, the kids are listening sure. to, but <laughs> the kids that I'm coaching are listening to, teenagers, and I'm listening, and half the shit, I'm like, what are they even talking about? Like, I'm hearing the words, but what are they really talking about yeah. here? You well, know, this isn't what I'm into, but whatever, at least you're into something. Totally. I think of that when I'm at the skate park, and like these kids, it's the same thing. Like, kids are playing music that I don't get, and part of me being like, the annoying old dude is like, oh, this sucks. But then I'll, I'll think, I'm like, they probably know this bugs everyone else. So that's cool. That's what teenagers do. Uh, if, like, yeah. if that's the case, I support that. Yeah. Yeah. I love annoying people. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that is hyper-pop just in general. Like, oh, yeah. I can't believe that people listen to it and are stoked on it. I feel like they just like that it drives me absolutely fucking insane. Yeah, and if that's, if, if that's the case, if I knew that was the case, I would think that was funny. Right? Which is exactly what our parents thought about it. It's weird. Yeah. I love that. So there's some ass. That was that's literally the type of like the genres that I'm thinking of when I'm saying that the like music I don't get. Yeah. Some of the like emo rap that's that's merging with hyper pop and different like doing crazy shit. I'm like I don't get this, but I see you guys doing this by yourself in your room, fucking passionate as fuck about it, loving it, getting your friends hyped on it. Like that's just punk rock. Like you just redid punk rock in a different sound. Like. That's fucking cool as shit. That's literally what I think of. Because I've seen those shows. Like, we, we have those shows at Beehive, and I'm like, I don't get this, but these kids are hyped. <laughs> like, yeah. so fucking stoked. And they're doing it themselves, too, right? Totally. Like, they're just. The DIY aspect yeah. is so. And it's crazy because that DIY aspect exists now where you can just get a fucking MPC or do it on your phone and make beats and whatever the hell else. Yeah. That, like, yeah, I guess you could do that with guitars and an 8-track back when we were kids, but, like, now they can do whatever the yeah. fuck they want. The barrier of entry is so much lower yeah. now, and it's so much easier to get into it. Now you're seeing just people just go nuts with it. Yeah. And that's exactly what Hyperpop is, right? It's just them going yeah. nuts with that sound, and it's awesome. Yeah. Even if we don't really like it. You know? Right. <laughs> you got to make sure I add that in there. I'm not going to buy yeah. it. I'm yeah. probably not going to listen to it. There's too many other things I want to listen to, I but go for it. I actually listen to whatever you guys are talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I've lost what you guys were talking about. I don't know this music you're speaking of, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> shout, shout out to Russ. <laughs> I love, I, I love is it, how do you pronounce Eichlers? Eichlers yeah. I love Eichlers. Yeah. Well, do you guys have any other shows? With news oh, to everybody re- so, as of recently, Project Sellout shows are coming up. Yes. And, I will. So we're. I don't know what we're playing on April second. April first, we're playing Resolute Tattoo with Project Sellout, the Usurpers, Violent Arrest, and All Systems Fail, and it will be our tour kickoff, and it's going to be super great. Uh, all of those dudes are our homies. 
Like, Resolute is so fun to play at, too. Yeah, and Travis is super cool. I went down and met with him. Like, it's going to be really cool. And then that that same night, Project Sellout's going to be doing, without us, because we don't play 21 Up, and they're going to be playing at Aces High with Eric's band, Anonymous, and... Sacrilegion. Sacrilegion. Yeah. Which so, is not a punk band at no, all. they're a metal band. <laughs> but I like to mix it up. I mean, it's literally, like, those are... What fifty feet from each other? Those shows. Yeah, that, that, yeah. that's dope. Um, and then we're playing somewhere in Utah County on the Saturday. Do we do we know where that's going to be? It's Provo. Yeah. yeah, it's Provo. I don't know where we're doing it. I just just keep your eye out for it. <laughs> yeah. It'll be us, Project Sellout, and I have no idea who else. Yeah, they have a, that place. They have a tour no, itinerary, so you can find out there. Bummer. I remember like the last time Hardcore Salt Lake Hardcore had its huge bulge. Me and Mike were talking about this before. You guys showed Salt up. Salt Lake has definitely yeah. always had a huge bulge. Yeah. <laughs> they've, had a, they've had a huge bulge. Nice. It, yep, they've always had a huge bulge when it decides to come out. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so many, I just remember so many of those kids, they were like going way hard on the straight edge thing, and now they either like stop coming to shows, or they just all sold out. Or both. Yeah. I just remember, like, last week you had X's on your hands, and now you're smoking a joint. Yeah. That's really strange. See, and I don't even really care about that, yeah. as long as you're still playing in bands. Yeah. It's, when, it, it's it. when, when you give up on the scene that you're, I'm just like, oh, all right, then. See, I mean, there's levels, right? Like, I'm always bummed, but, like, way more bummed by you not coming around yeah. or not playing in bands, not coming to shows, like... No, 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 dude. If you sell out, don't come around. <laughs> no, dude. <laughs> buy a shirt. Oh, yeah, buy a shirt from us before you stop coming around. <laughs> Isn't that what the song Betrayal is about? <laughs> yeah, it, that song is about, like, still loving your friends after they sell out. Yeah. Wait, really? I thought it was about Star Wars. It is. Things can be two things, Mike. Things can be two things. But I'm Salt Lake Straight Edge. Every song is about Salt Lake Straight Edge. End of story. <laughs> but done so in in the eyes of a Star Wars movie? Yeah. yeah. Well, through, through the Lando's of, betrayal. Yeah. No, technically done thrust yeah. in the eyes of a Star Wars movie. So book. that song is oh, actually yeah. there we go. Right. That song is actually called Lando's Betrayal, but Mike said we had too much Star Wars in our <laughs> so he, he made me change it to just betrayal. <laughs> but it's okay because I gave you Mithra Nuru Odu. Yeah, you did. <laughs> You have nice a deep cut with right? it's pronounced Thrawn. Yeah. <laughs> what did we call it? <laughs> There's a bit of a deep cut with the title 1313. That was an ode to Disney for ruining my life. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when Mandalorian came out, you actually had to verify we were Mandalore before Disney took over. Now we now we lean into it. Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, if you like this show, you'll like our band. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it has not helped us the way I want. <laughs> uh, we did sell a lot of those Mandalorian masks. That's true. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think that was more the pandemic. Yeah. We, than when else, are we putting so. out the Baby true. Yoda shirt mm. merch? <laughs> um, how cold is it in hell these days? <laughs> You guys were talking about gimmicks earlier. Any thoughts on performing? I mean, you might have a hard time, but and, I, and I'm pointing at Conrad, but everybody else could be wearing a Mandalorian helmet while you're playing. Um, I've thought of that so many we times. Did <laughs> we did that with the bandanas once. Yeah. Yeah. I, I only kept my eye on for about 30 it seconds. It doesn't, yeah, we end up with them around our necks real quick. Dude, like, <laughs> super quick. Because that show was packed. And, like, 
We don't have the dedication that Slipknot does. <laughs> <laughs> well, that we also don't get paid as much as Slipknot yeah. does. True. You want to hand me a big fat check? I'll keep a mask on the whole, the whole mm-hmm. twelve minutes we play. Five thousand a night. <laughs> Five thousand <laughs> buckaroos. <laughs> I'm rich. We'll put the dollar amount out there. People will know. Five thousand dollars. I'm I mean, retired. He, everybody. He, he just said that's his sellout amount. He didn't say specifically what it like what terms. He'll play bars. I'll pull my wiener out. <laughs> Go streaking. It's yeah. fine. What it'll do for $900 dues. I'll do the needle dance, dude. <laughs> but at an all-ages show. Yeah. No. Well, that, oh, wait. Whoa. How much is a lawyer retainer? Wow. How much is a retainer for a lawyer? Yeah, after that came out, I realized that may not be the right thing, but it's far below your $5,000 to play at a bar, so where are we? You're going to do it for 900 but where are you doing it for the 900 True, those are things to think about. You know, when I first started going to shows, I pretty often saw people naked at shows. Yeah. It's pretty weird, actually. They used to be way more common. Yeah, dudes would just take their pants off and start yeah. running around the pit, and I'd just be like, a 12-year-old kid, like, Why? <laughs> Nobody wants to say your dong, dude. Put it away. <laughs> Big, sweaty, shirtless man running into you. Yeah, dude. Oh. I was like, wow. Tiny kid. Put your clothes back on. Maybe that's why musicians are all messed up. Like, maybe that's <laughs> what did it to us. Oh, there's so I mean, it's a factor for sure. There's a lot of other reasons. I mean, it all has to do with yeah. this music scene. <laughs> I, I always thought the music scene attracted. I always say it's a place for broken people. It's totally. where, where we all go because we're a little weird. Yeah. And the, depending on which show, you go and get broken even more. Yeah. I think of this thing all the time. So I got my nose broken at no. two shows, I guess. But <laughs> one time I got my nose broken. No. And uh, my father-in-law is a doctor. So he, like, kind of helped me out a little bit afterwards. And I remember he said to me, he's like, you're only as smart as the dumbest person in the room. And I think of that all the time. Like, when stuff like that goes down to shows, I'm like, I'm as dumb as this guy right now. He's always <laughs> looking at me. <laughs> there's there's been more than a few times that Tucker has like pulled me and or me and Conrad aside and been like calm down dipshit every time you two go into the pit I think I'm gonna have to fucking settle something <laughs> dude there have been so many times I'm like dude that guy's gonna get kicked out I'm like oh it's Andrew <laughs> <laughs> no one's gonna kick him out cause he runs the place <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, by the way, the first time Tucker broke his nose at a show, it was 100% my fault. Oh, oh the first time it was it was in Ogden. Oh, then the second I time tried. was 100% my fault. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's a cooler story. First time I got my nose broken at a show, it was some very heavy set lady jumping off the stage. Everybody moves aside. I look up. Hell yeah, oh, dude. I'm about to die. So. Dude, you're like, <laughs> that was like a Simpsons episode for you, man. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I bet Hello, you moved Springdale. <laughs> I mean, I was lucky she didn't break my neck. Unless she didn't give me whiplash. Wait, anybody not had their nose broken at a show? Technically never broken. My nose bleeds, like, at the slightest little bump. I've had had so many bloody noses at shows, but never broken. Mm. Okay. I'm definitely going to have, like, sleep apnea when I'm older because of a show, so, whoops. (laughs) I caught a straight fist at a Killswitch Engage show. Busted my lip open. That was fun. I got jumped at an anti-flag show. <laughs> <laughs> how, embar- how embarrassing is that? <laughs> anyway, the sad thing is they were all straight-edge kids. So I was like, you don't know who I am! I'll murder all of you! 
Is that the Big D show? Yup. Dude, I don't think I've ever seen a show with that many fights in my life. It was so it was weird. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> Wait. So it was Big D. It's like D, a crappy pop-up band and a crappy ska band. Who else? I. It was some weird, like, I, uh, I want to say it was Planes Mistaken for Stars as well. What? It was a super no. weird show. No. I know it was a weird was band that was Streetlight? No. No, that would make a lot of sense. <laughs> You know, I know it was Anti Flag and Big band. D. There was a weird band that opened that I didn't know. Why were there straight edge kids at this show? To beat me up. He <laughs> <laughs> was there. True, I was there, but I I like Big D live. Yeah. I'm just glad I got to see their set and they jumped me during Anti Flag because I didn't care for Anti Flag at the time. Now I like them a little bit, but not enough to go see them. But like, anyways. It's okay. Next if question. See, if you've seen one anti-flag set, you've seen them all these days. <laughs> Are you guys ready to rock? No. no. What? <laughs> cool. What? Dude, there's like, there's like, there's like 400 people here, dude. You're not in an arena. Stop talking to me like that. <laughs> How many times you got to play that Clash cover song? Dude, I wish they'd play that Clash cover song. I haven't seen them play that in like. 20 years. The reason I've seen them so many times, I always come with bands I like. I never like go to see Anti-Flag. I'm not like talking bad about Anti-Flag. You like Anti-Flag, that's awesome. They're great guys and they're straight edge and into political shit, but like they've just never been my cup of tea. So. Well, I know Justin isn't straight edge. I thought Justin, no, Justin's straight edge. Justin's Justin, No, he was talking about how when he's in Germany, he loves to uh, partake in their many brews, as he says. I mean, Germany has a lot of non-alcoholic beer. I don't know. I don't know. Straight edge doesn't count you're, once you're, you're really 500 miles from home. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what do you think edge pause is all about? Yeah, you just you're... declare edge pause like you declare bankruptcy, and you're good. <laughs> yeah. I declare edge pause. Education. Education. And most of it revolves around their respective birthdays as to when they turn 21. No, it's not. It's all called 420, dude. Yeah. Go harder. Go uh, home. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> When you turn 20, it's more edge-o-pause, like menopause. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> just, it just stops. Exactly. It's, it's like an opt-in thing anyways. Weekends, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> We're all going to get beat up. <laughs> By us. <laughs> we just take turns. <laughs> With the new EP that's coming up, what new territory, if any, are you guys uh, treading into? I know you got two different cover songs on this one. First time doing covers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first time doing <laughs> first time recording covers. There we go. First time. This, this is the thing that I like to do with covers: is is you take a cover and make it sound like it's your your song, and you know, make it sound like it's something you would you would do. So like right. those covers, they're very much those songs, but they feel like they feel like us as well. Yeah. Right. They're like they're actual covers instead of just playing it the way it's written. Yeah. 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 Just Johnny Cash the shit out of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's like I don't I think that's a great example because that there's a reason why that song's so yeah. like, yeah, everybody loves it. All along the Watchtower, you think of Hendrix, you don't think of Bob Dylan. Yeah, actually, the the like some of the most fun covers I ever played was covering Dylan in a in my very old long long time ago Vina Cava band. Our first show was a Dylan cover show, and we just, oh, that's cool. Yeah, we rewrote all of the songs to be just straight up punk songs. With Dylan lyrics, and it was really fun. It was really cool. The place cleared out because nobody expected that. Like nobody uh, <laughs> was ready for that. It was a bunch of like Dylan fans that were pissed, but it was great. It was super fun. <laughs> Sounds like an avenue set. <laughs> <laughs>
see less than Jake. Well, you got to see the avenues. <laughs> <laughs> what was the question again? But the like, question is, what oh, are the new endeavors going into this uh, in this new release? I guess a follow-up would be, are you sticking with Star Wars strictly, or are you going down the Lord of the Rings path now? Well, 6,000 Spears is a Lord of the Rings reference also, so this isn't exactly so. new reference territory for us. <laughs> <laughs> These are all kind of parts of a, a big chunk of songs we've been writing for a while that were all going to be Lord of the Rings themed. And like the first record was all Star Wars. This was going to be a second record that became a couple of different records that were all Lord of the Rings. And then I actually don't know what we're going to do next, really. If we're going to stick to a theme, or that's kind of Conrad's department. I've been pushing Wheel of Time, but I don't know. <laughs> I have read the Wheel of Time books, but like, I don't, not, not in this decade. So like, we're gonna be kind of a, a Deep Space Nine band. <laughs> oh, actually. <laughs> oh shit! Here it comes. No, I don't know. Like, I've been reading Lord of the Rings since I was like pretty young, and uh, the characters in Lord of the Rings have always inspired me to like be a better person and try to understand like. Like, psychology. Like, I know that sounds stupid, but, like, I don't understand why everyone doesn't always want to be the good guy. And that's what a lot of the characters in Lord of the Rings always represent to me, is, like, the good guy. You do what's right, no matter what. And uh, I think that, like, with the environment of our political, like, encumbrance as a nation or as, like, a wor like the world, I've always, like, kind of reverted back to, like, Tolkien lore to, like get my head clear and like so like these last two releases have been like like Mike said I've, I've been working on a, like a 12 songs uh, of lyrics for just like concepts in Lord of the Rings that inspire me and uh, after whatever we do next I don't, I don't know if I'll stick with Lord of the Rings forever but I know that like it's like a safe space for me to like write about just because like it's what I know and it's it's comforting to me I think that's like a good like expression of kind of what Tucker was saying earlier about how the the line we walk kind of as a band and and with the themes that we touch on are very like nerdy and fun and these these properties that you know everybody knows and cares about but it's not the the lighthearted like easy it's not the lightsaber duels from Star Wars that we're talking about we're talking about the the like deeper themes and how that like relates back to our life so you're taking something that is lighthearted and fun and talking about like the really like not so much that things like mandalore was the name we went through because of like the mandalorian creed and the things that that represents and like how that relates to us as a straight edge band as as hardcore kids where like things like loyalty are super super important as a theme that comes up in hardcore all the time a lot of because we are you know, generally somewhat fucked up people in music scenes. That's why, why you know, straight edge themes have always had that. They've always been something that that band touch or that those bands touch on, or or punk and hardcore touch on, on being righteously angry about important things and representing it through something that's you know maybe less important, maybe more fun, more whatever it is. But that's that's kind of how that. We walk that line, I guess. Yeah, we we find comfort in our like anger, and, and I feel like the Mandalorians would be angry all the time <laughs> about everything stupid that's happening around yeah. them because they're just like, "Why are you doing it that way? That's the dumbest way to do it ever. Like, it's wrong, and you shouldn't do it that way." <laughs> but yeah, as long as you know, we're singing about all these 
fantasy and I guess Star Wars is still kind of fantasy. It's fantasy. They're saying all these fantasy and themes and <laughs> stuff like that, but fantasy. it's all rooted in something earnest and real in our lives because like yeah. these, just these are taught us. Yeah, yeah. They're they're Christian bands that sing about the Bible. This is as real to us as the Bible is to yeah. some other people. Like we we probably read these books and studied this stuff more than a lot of the Christians have read the Bible. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> like guaranteed. I've come to the conclusion that most Christians have never read the Bible. <laughs> 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 say tying further into like walking that line of taking it seriously but not the first time we played son of ham alive people went hard for it and i was stoked on it but then at the same time i was like dude these guys have no idea we're talking about lord of the rings right now and i was <laughs> like i remember laughing to myself about that well and the truth is we're not we're, we're not exclusively talking about lord of the rings right like all of these songs are just art reflecting life like it's just lord of the rings as a lens to view very real problems or to view very real situations and, and ideas right, and which concepts. Is, which is the point of literature anyway. I took oh. a lit class and the, the professor pointed out like, you know, people don't like Jaws because they like big sharks. There are a million stories about big sharks that no one cares about. They like it because of, you know, the psychology A, B, and C. And she mentioned Star Wars specifically. And she's like, you know, they don't like Star Wars because of the Big space battles, and I was like, "Nope, you're wrong. That's exactly why we like it." <laughs> <laughs> Has she seen it? Uh, Clone Wars or uh, Phantom Menace? Because those are the really the only good things about those movies. <laughs> the space battles in the first movie are not that oh, no. exciting. For the original trilogy, I agree with your professor. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, um, at what point did we learn anything about a little farm boy? <laughs> exactly for my nerd clout. Hamma is not a character in the books. He's only in the movies. Uh, I still like the character, and you guys can hate me for it, but I don't care. Well, we can go into, like, oh, all the minutia of all the lyrics <laughs> of that song. Yeah, but I always felt weird about na- naming it that, because it was like, Hamma's not a real character. He's only in the movies. <laughs> is the movie any less real than the books? Yeah, to me, because it's not Tolkien lore, but I still love the movies. They're great, and that's why I was like, eh, if you don't like the movies, you're probably an idiot. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. Yeah. those movies are great. The movies are great, yeah. even without Tom Bombadil. <laughs> Disagree. Not needed. <laughs> not, literally, not needed. That's that literally the only reason. But it would have been badass. Me and Mike can there. argue on this. Is, this is a, <laughs> this is a continuous <laughs> argument we've had many hours times. and hours of discussion <laughs> about Tom Bombadil and his relevance. Yeah, which is dude, he's relevant. He's wonderful. He gives them their swords. He saves them from that weird creature. He's so important. He has a weird orgy with them. Yeah. <laughs> That's important. <laughs> <laughs> weird implied orgy. Conrad, Fifty Shades of Bombadil is not canon. <laughs> Fifty Shades of Goldberry. <laughs> I love Goldberry. <laughs> All right, hey, did, uh, do we have any podcast questions? <laughs> <laughs> what do you get when you get a bunch of kids with ADD and uh, our giant nerds in a room and try to interview them? <laughs> you get the question answered as to, what do you talk about when you're on tour? <laughs> <laughs> we don't. Somebody's this. This. Yeah. 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 this is just like eight hours of us just, just like, no, Tom Bombadil is relevant. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not. We've been a band for, wait, how many years and we still haven't come to a conclusion? Like, mm, it's never going to happen. <laughs> oh, I came to a stuff. conclusion. Yeah. He is relevant. 
This is going to be filming no yourselves consensus. for like doing fact, those little tour videos. The next song I write is going to be about Tom Bombadil, and Mike's going to hate it. No, Mike's just going to refuse to play it. He's like, we don't need it. We don't need to play this song. Oh, no. I'm not going to bring the lyrics until we record it, and I'm just going to come up and belt it out. <laughs> we'll just record over it later. That's your right to do. Just because your parts. Because I don't have a lot of say in recording this. <laughs> I don't care. That's the hardcore kids. They're nerds, but they're tough guy nerds. It's, it's true. Yeah. I'm not. We actually arm wrestled to settle whether or not he was relevant. <laughs> I lost. Tucker <laughs> wins every time. <laughs> what are we talking about? You, how you're the only person that exercises. <laughs> I do exercise. Yeah. But I'm not a tough guy. Do you guys have any plans to record anything else? You just recorded and released, so I'm sure you probably want to go play your music. Player tours, stuff like that, but you were talking about having 12 songs recorded, maybe doing more for it, maybe not. Written, not recorded. Yeah. And we're, half written. We're, we're always in Dude, a actually was, state of writing music and like looking towards the next thing. I was scrolling through some old photos the other day, and there was a video of us like practicing, and there was some song on there that we have not wrapped up from a while ago and I was like oh this song is dope I don't even remember doing anything with this so yeah we've got cool stuff in the works yo send that to me because I don't remember what it was yeah <laughs> um, send that to Mike because he doesn't remember what that was <laughs> if you want to CC me on that that'd be cool <laughs> just, just so I can make sure you guys know what you're talking about yeah yeah that's I don't know I feel like that's also kind of one of our core philosophies is we're always hustling towards the next thing always keeping some sort of momentum going in, in some way or another, whether it's just booking a show or uh, booking tours or, or writing music, or working make, on T-shirt designs, merch. making merch, yeah, whatever. Just always moving forward some way. And so we've always got something on the back burner. Well, you have South America tentative. No, no, that's for sure happening. Okay, it's for sure happening. We just don't know all the details yet. Yeah. Dates and, and like locations are still in the works, but the like going is happening. Any other plans then outside of that to go to the east coast of this country Honestly, or would... California or just wherever? Do you have plans since you're always looking at going forward? Is there something where it's like, all right, this is on our to-do list, say, six months from now or whatever? The east coast is definitely on our to-do list. Uh, the Midwest is on our to-do list. Southwest. I, I, we've been real yeah, close we to wanna, like we Montana hit, a bunch of times. Yeah, we want to hit the Navajo Nation for sure, down to Albuquerque through some Texas states. We, we've got a lot of homies in a lot of cities, and we want to utilize that eventually. I mean, there's cool. a ton of cool music coming out of all of those regions right now also. Yeah. And um, it's like really fun to play random tours and weird small, like we, when we did Vernal. Yeah. It was yeah. like... Grand we played Grand Junction twice. We played Grand Junction a bunch, but Grand Junction's kind of big in comparison. To Vernal, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Our Vernal show, show was dope. Yeah, super it was a fun. lot of fun. Pocatello, super fun show. Yeah, no, we didn't end up... Or was it, it was Boise, it, it was Boise. Boise. But no, it wasn't, that, that was Caldwell. Yeah, it was It was not Boise. It was the tiny yeah. little was shack little, little farm town the, outside of Boise. Yeah, not even Pocatello. Yeah, and that show was so fun. Again, Zach playing the weirdest drum set. <laughs> but yeah, we had, not, we had nothing solid planned after this tour just yet. But like I said, we, we, we definitely have some plans. Though. We got our eyes cool. on a lot of things. It's, right, right now, this tour is like kind of taking a lot out of us, like mentally. 
just financially. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Booking two tours for the price. Everybody, of the please come to our tour yeah. kickoff, please, 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 please. <laughs> right, please. And that'll be April first. April first. It's not a joke. I promise. We're really playing that's, April first. <laughs> Everyone keeps right. asking me if that's a joke. I'm like, no, dude. I swear. Yeah, in hindsight, we will tell jokes. At we will be telling <laughs> so many jokes. <laughs> They'll be really good ones. And be careful when you go to the bathroom in the bathroom. Just saying. <laughs> but please come. So the future of the band is just continue onward and upward. Onward. And upward. Uh, always working for something. I know that. Uh, Recently, a lot of people have been asking us to play shows, and I've kind of just been telling them we're going to be a much more active band after this tour. When they're asking you to play shows, is it to play shows here in Utah, or is yeah. it just I to mean, yeah, like we, come out and play shows with us in wherever outside of Utah? We get asked to play outside of Utah pretty often, but that's always like difficult. Yeah. Because, you know, with this tour coming up, that's all we have to focus on. Right. Uh, yeah. Doing out of state shows right now is like we were thinking about doing Vegas right before this tour, but. We kind of just decided that that's not going to happen. Um, it's kind of hard to like logistically plan to go to like Topeka or something like that for one day, you know? Right. If you're going to go that far, you book a tour, and yeah, so those don't always pan out, you know. Especially in the setting, we can't exactly just do a different show in a different state for multiple different states is what I'm saying and then yeah. that'd be like a weekend tour touring's kind of weird right now yeah um, and and like I said after this after this big tour South America like after that we're all gonna sit down and figure out but we are I, I we are gonna be a much more active band after this tour right now like we're kind of still getting our bearings after COVID mm -hmm. and trying to figure out where we want to be because it's it's time I guess so. <laughs> well we were talking about the merch table and you're talking about, you know, new designs for merch and as far as when shows might come up. So when people want to see when those dates come about for South America, where is the best place or best places for people to follow you, check out your stuff, check out what shirts or anything that you have available since only a uh, hard copy counts, right? That means you have hard copies out there. everything. Right. When you buy digital. So where where do people get it? You can get digital, sure, but if it's uh, if you have the hard copies out there and you're not playing a show near them anytime soon, where? Um, so you you can always hit up our Instagram and we'll, we we mail out stuff pretty regularly from our Instagram. It's uh, at Mandalore HXC on most things. Yeah. Instagram, have, Facebook, TikTok. Oh yeah, we, do we have, have a TikTok. Twitter? I don't think we have a Twitter. Hell no. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> but our new release can only be ordered through Irish Voodoo right now. Okay. There's a link for that in and the bio. And on pre-order still? Yeah. It's on pre-order. Okay. Pre-order. It, 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 Vinyl production's rough right now. Yeah. Do we have a date when that's supposed to be? No. 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 Vinyl. Vinyl is kind of Like I said, the shipping and production vinyl is... But they, it's, it's they have proofs. They've they've got copies. It won't, it, I just so know it, seen I just know, copies yeah, exist. I just know it won't so be it's forever. Not too far. Yeah, it's, it won't be forever. Yeah. It's not going to be like one of those like oh I ordered this and like ten months later it's going to come. Yeah. No, it, it, it'll no. be soon. Yeah. Like, cool. It's, it's not like a, that's the only reason it took us this long to get this stuff out. Like we recorded this stuff in March of last year. And was just, it really March of last year? Yeah, it was God, March and God dang. <laughs> might have we might have even started in February. February. But yeah, Instagram, our Instagram's the best place to, to find links to everything and any info that of anything that's coming up is usually through there first. 
and then it goes everywhere else. Yeah. Also, Irish Voodoo Records for the new record. They have a website and they have a Bandcamp, so you can go to the Bandcamp, which mm-hmm. will direct you to the website. Yes. Get the order. Correct. I think they got a link tree on their Instagram. Also, their Instagram's really good anyway. It's just killer. So check them all out. Yes, that was a good label to get get involved with there. Oh yeah, they even got some of the older bands on there, and they got. They're pressing stuff for Verrukers and Reagan Youth. Wow. Is there anything else we should know about the band? Eric sounds like he got tapped out of questions. And <laughs> Way to go. I, I think we them. covered what the band <laughs> is up to and what's what's coming up. Is there anything else? Um, I just want to shout out all of Solid City, all the bands that we're friends with. There's so many that I'm not going to start on that, but yeah, because you don't want to leave out somebody, right? Well, like, well, you named like 15 oh, yeah. other there's, bands, but you didn't name us right now. There's, there's no so way many good wouldn't. bands coming out, right? Because there's literally so many bands in Salt Lake that we're like so friends with on. and hyped on, and all of them are doing new cool shit. Like, literally, Salt Lake's music scene has never been as cool as it is right now. Not to say that it hasn't been great the whole time. This is just like a crazy cool time to be alive and a part of the scene. Like this is really really fucking. There's cool. there's an energy. That, yeah. There's everyone's just so excited to do stuff again. Yeah. That, like, there's there's not a lot of hostility. There's a lot of crossover from fucking genres and scenes, yeah. and everybody's just about it. And you know, seems really grateful to be able to do that. It's it's cool. This is really neat. People will experience and interpret things differently, but I don't think the scene has felt this way to me since like 2009. It's been a long time since I felt like there was this much energy. I don't know if I've ever seen it this united, which is so cool. Yeah. And a lot of young kids at shows, which is another thing that hasn't happened for a long time. This is really cool. So Honestly, I think that's part of why there's the energy that yeah. it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shout out to Salt Lake. <laughs> if we could just get those kids to stick around for more than a couple months. No, nah, who cares? <laughs> no, they, new kids will come. We need, a, we need them to if stick they don't around stick long around. enough to pay for tickets, and then that's fine. Yeah, yeah, it's just the <laughs> new, new cogs coming in. Look, if those kids don't go away, then we'll never see our shirts at the DI, and where's the fun? Oh, <laughs> I still want to see, I still haven't seen a Mandalor shirt at the DI. That's, that bums me out a little That's bit. how you know you've made it as a band when you find your shirts in thrift shops. Yeah. I still see Dr. Drug shirts at thrift shops. <laughs> I get so pumped. I'm just like, yeah! I'm pretty sure I even have seen the Dr. Drug shirt. Dude, we, we sold yeah. so many of those stupid shirts. <laughs> This was the one with the, the bone saw we on sold it. All of these <laughs> That's what I remember the everywhere, most. Everywhere, yeah. <laughs> that was a good one. It's like the worst band I was ever in was the most successful band I was ever in. <laughs> That's not a metaphor. To be determined, something. though. <laughs> <laughs> We're coming for you. Please, <laughs> please come for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's the goal. All right, that, if you're asking what the direction is that Mandalore is looking, we're looking to be better than Dr. Drug. <laughs> that's already happened. Yeah. Low bar. Sure. I mean Big more successful. Than no, that's what I meant. That's what I said. That's what I said. I will buy 10 of your shirts and I will donate them to every DI. <laughs> you got that on tape, right? Like that's on the record. That's hard committed. It's yes. bound now. <laughs> I'm bound in the digital contract. We'll give you a deal. Dollar off a shirt. Dollar. Oh, <laughs> uh, hell no. 50 cents. Max. I can't afford it. I can't afford it. So you got to buy an even number because we have a coin shortage. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Actually, we're going to ask you to donate that 50 cents. We'll give you 50 cents off, but we're rounding up any <laughs> It's okay. I'll find a way to make it a write-off. Deal. We are very poor, so it probably could work. <laughs> oh.
<laughs> All right. Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, let's get on to playing some more music. Kill Caustic in a Mandalore way. Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> apart from the the pushback from Conrad, <clears throat> they did manage to pull it off. <laughs> right. From the uh, allegedly worst under the December Underground album, the worst AFI album. <laughs> no, it's not the worst. Crash Love is the worst. <laughs> What's funny is my friend was playing a lot of AFI at work today. Nice. <laughs> and one of the other one of our other coworkers came in. He's like, "Why are you trying to make me sound? Why are you trying to make me feel like I'm 16 again?" <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, I don't know. Simpler times, maybe. Now there were never simple times. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, it's uh, really one of the last songs you'd expect a band like Mandalore to cover." Same thing with the other track that is on there. Right. Rock the Casbah. Yeah. Go check it out. Go check out that EP. Go get on the pre-order for that EP. Oh, yes. And listen to uh, more of Mandalore and the Lord of the Rings lore. Right? 
<laughs> yeah, it was a fun oh, conversation. Man. I hope you enjoyed. We want to thank Conrad, Mike, Andrew, and Tucker for all joining us. Uh, it was a blast. It's always fun to get to talk to bands about mm-hmm. their music, bands that we enjoy listening to their music and talking about their bands and their music. Well, it's even better when we get to do it with them in person. It really is. I do have kind of a funny story with uh, uh, Mike. For the longest time, I inexplicably thought that his name was Ryan. Oh. (laughs) One time when we came, when we, uh, uh, where was it? It was when we were in Denver and they were playing a show down there. And they were playing the night that we were supposed to uh, leave. And I was like, you know what? Let's just uh, stay for the show and then we'll drive through the night. We'll do a red line. Right. (laughs) So, So, yeah, we... I was sitting and uh, Mike was just chilling out by the door and I sat and shot the shit with him. I was like, what's up, Ryan? And he goes, who is Ryan? (laughs) Isn't that your name? No, my name is Mike. Oh, I don't know why I kept calling you Ryan. I'll just call you Mike Ryan. (laughs) So he's like, Mike Ryan. That makes me sound like I'm a character in CSI. It's like (laughs) Detective Mike Ryan. (laughs) Uh, That's awesome. So, yeah. Hey, Mike, you remember that? <laughs> Mr. Ryan. Well, great interview. We had a great time. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the tracks. Go check out the tracks digitally on the Irish Voodoo Records Bandcamp page. Eric, let's wrap up the show with some non-punk songs. What do you got? I got some non-punk music. I actually got some that is arguably kind of punk in that it came from uh, the same place that punk was born, that being NYC. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of people say it was born there because Ramones was the first punk rock band, but, oh boy, we shall, that remains to be seen. (laughs) Anyway, I chose a hip-hop group, and I'm talking old-school hip-hop. I'm talking late 80s when it was really starting to get into the nitty-gritty and really kind of finding finding its groove. And one of the bands that really laid up uh, laid the groundwork for New York City rap was EPMD, which stands for Eric and Parrish making making dollars. Yes, yeah, and that is the uh, the MC, both the MCs' names, Eric Sermon and Parrish Smith. They formed it in 1987, and they released their first album, Strictly Business, in 1989. And it is a uh, it is such an interesting hard-hitting hip-hop album it sounds very reserved especially in the uh uh especially in the emphasis and the reserve the reserved parts of of the of both eric's and Parrish's flow they just have this sort of serene kind of a calm approach to it and they're just nonchalantly talking about uh killing rappers on stage and rap battles and just how they're like uh and just kind of being the braggato- the braggadocious type they were, which became a staple in hip hop culture. Right. You know, just kind of being the top dog, the alpha male, just, uh, you know, eventually it evolved into how many chains, how many gold chains you were supporting, how expensive your clothes were, how, how many $10,000 sunglasses you own, <laughs> that type of shit. But this wasn't around back then. This wasn't a part. It was, uh, uh, it was really about making a statement, just kind of making yourself known and just setting yourself apart from the crowd because this was a huge pool of hip-hop in the late 80s and going into the 90s. I mean, so many bands you can name on who got their who got their start in New York City. Oh, my God, it just goes on and on. <laughs> okay, 
I'm going to shut up right now. Here is EPMD. This is the title track of their first album. It has a very has a very unique flow, very unique sound. This is strictly business. Rap goddess, no joke on the lyric, sorry to be modest. I knew I was the man with the master plan to make it wiggle with jiggle like gelatin. Just think while I sing, and to the bring structure. Don't sleep on the E. You see, something might rupture. It don't take time for me to blow your mind. It take a second to wreck it because you're dumb and blind. So just lounge. But you an MC climbers on the circus. EPMD is in town. Total chaos, no mass confusion. Rhymes so hypnotizing, known to cause an illusion. Like a musician, he draws a rabbit. Without a hat, son, I'm drawing more like a 44 magnet. MC Free, stop looking, listen, and try to imagine. It's traveling the speed of light, but everything's motion is frightening. Plus, the thought you were alone, you now enter the mansion called the Twilight Zone. You're terrified. Plus, you can't bear the thought. You and I want a one in the land of the lost. You start to shiver. Then you scream, my friend. You wake up monthly because you're dreaming again. But next time I'm on the scene, do not try to distance. Keep your mouth so suck a duck because I'm tricked with business. <laughs> This is the rap season, where the East starts pleasing Girls around the world, no need to be skeezing When I roll, I show cool, always pack a two just in case My brother acts a fool, I got the energy To put the girls in the frenzy, put in shock when I rock Even enough, I'm not stingy, make sure I don't bore when I'm on the dance floor Get busy, boy Like you never saw before, one flow Good to go, after the show, I'll pull your whole boy. You sniff blow? Hell no, I have my whole life ahead of me, no time to be sniffing. My parents find out, then they start riffing. So I stay a-okay, cause I'm the E, the R-I-C-K. If she's look me in my face, then the eyes get weak. Pulse rate descends, heart rate increases, like beam me up, Scotty. I control your body, I'm as deadly as AIDS when it's time to rock a party. In all due respect, when I say my check, let a sucker slide once, then I break his neck. So when I say jump, you would fire high because I'm taking no prisoners, so don't play hero and die. You're just a soldier, and I'm a green beret. I do not think twice about the entities I slay. So if you want a battle, I highly recommend this being your dog, mom, and dad because I'm strictly business. <laughs> Yo, yo, you still picking on that four-leaf clover? Bringing the Sandman, sucker, because it's over. My name is Eric Sermon, and I'm back again. I see the head still turning in my so-called friends. They smile on my face, behind my back, they talk trash. Mad and stuff because they don't have cash. Like the E-Double or the PMD. You drive the Corvette, I drive a Sermon, Rossizuki. I'm a locksmith with the key to fame. Never hide myself. Always stay the same, play a lot because I'm hot like a horse I trot I ride the track and back, fatigue, no I'm not I'm the mellow, the fellow, the one who likes to say hello To a fly girl that is good to go With the slow tempo and the orpy rhyme flow Cause when I am in action, there is no time for maxing or relaxing Just reacting and subtracting on a sucker MC Who mouth keep on yapping and flapping, I lose my cool Then I start slapping and smacking, you wanna roll Then I'll be starts jabbing and capping, no time to lounge I'm packing and strapping, at my point of attack, I saw at you like an eagle, I'm the sheriff, and biting is a reason. So next time in town, I highly recommend this. 
You got to chill because I'm strictly business. Hey, yo, you double, man. Let them know what time it is. Yeah, I'm strictly business. You know what I'm saying? The PMD is a full effect. Greats EPMD. Yeah, if you were catching on to some of the vocals, what basically that premise is is uh, trying to pick up some um, uh, trying to pick up some honeys at the bar and just like trying to uh, maintain the idea as alpha male. And it's like if uh, if someone starts talking a fool, as it says in there, if someone starts <laughs> talking smack on you, it's like all right, come at me. What have you got? All right, and then you just come back. It's just verbal boxing back and forth. Nice. <laughs> I just love that. And yeah, like I said, that kind of reserved thing is just, you could just see these guys just kind of being on the sidelines, just kind of arms folded, not in their heads, just staring nonchalantly at the battle that's ensuing, and they're just kind of absorbing everything, and it's like, I know how I can end this in five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm kind of getting a kick out of watching these rookies play. Nice. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the vision I get when I see EPMD. They're definitely, they're in their own zone. As they say, the Twilight Zone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we're going to wrap up the show with an 80s song. It is one of my favorite bands from the era, for sure. One of my favorite bands just to listen to. I enjoy NXS. Great band. Uh, they formed way back in 1977 in Sydney, Australia. That was before I was born, so definitely before Eric was born. <laughs> uh, Michael Hutchins, he was the vocals. He passed away in 1997. But the rest of the band, there are three Ferris brothers, Andrew, John, Tim. I think one was the sax, one was keyboard, one was guitar, something like that. I forget. Anyway, hmm. three of them make up the bulk of the band, the three Ferris brothers. Uh, this particular track is that I'm going to play is off of their album that came out in 1984. It's called The Swing. The track is called Burn For You. Again, I'm playing 80s tracks from bands that are probably known, most of them anyway, but songs that didn't chart or songs that you just don't think of when you think of these bands. Just because I like the era, I like the music, I like the bands. So let's play something that you might not have heard from them. Burn For You. It reached number three in Australia, but it never charted in the U.S. or I think anywhere else for that matter. So let's get into this track. Burn For You from In Excess off of The Swing. <laughs> Thank you. 
that I understand The hide and seek buried facts The changes on demand song is going to wind down for another minute or so. Uh, I love In Excess. Great band. One of my favorites. Uh, as I stated numerous times, I listen to a lot of 80s music. That's what I grew up listening to. Originally, it's the first music I was probably hearing. Yeah, a lot probably. of that 80s. Uh, <laughs> maybe some of that 70s classic rock, hair metal, and all that shit. So, uh, that's In Excess. Thanks for joining us on the show. Thanks to all the guys in Mandalore. It's a great interview. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube Music, Amazon Music, Player FM, and slcpunkcast.com. You can find all the bands on Instagram at tower.crane.towers, at the Serial Killers Band, at Dungeon Days, at Riverboat Gamblers, at No Name Punks, at Gogol Bordello, at Mandalore HXC, the shows at SLC Punkcast. Eric, where can we find you? You can find me on Instagram at scaryuncle underscore Eric underscore SLC. And, oh, 
shit. And you can find my band on Instagram, both of them, at anonymous underscore band official and at Heart of Dark 801 SLC. You can find both those bands on Facebook, respectively, at anonymous SLC and at Heart of Dark dot SLC. Yeah, we finally have a Facebook. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> and likewise, you can find Anonymous on Bandcamp at anonymousslc.bandcamp.com. On the, and to shout out the uh, Circle Pit Radio Network, you can find most of those shows, if not all of them, on circlepitradio.com. There, uh, the shows that I would like to point out are Assault City, which is at Assault City CP on, on Instagram, Wrecked Podcast, which is at Rectcast and Lead Melodies, my other podcast, at Lead Melodies underscore podcast. Their Facebooks are Circle Pit Radio, Rect Podcast, and Lead.Melodies.Podcast.SLC. And also on Facebook, the SLC Hardcore page, at SLC Hardcore. I am, there are a lot of shows coming into the fold, so I am making posts about them, getting the flyers out there, and reminding you that music is still happening around here. There is. <laughs> I mean, hence the shows that I am uh, plugging on this show every week. So, yeah, there's a lot of stuff happening. It's starting to come back into the fold. Wait till March and April get here. Holy shit. <laughs> We're going to get overloaded. Yes, we are. You can find all the bands on Facebook at tower.crane.towers, at the Serial Killers Band, at Dungeon Days, at the Riverboat Gamblers Official, at No Name Punks, at Gogol Bordello, at Mandalore HXC, the shows at SLC Punkcast. Thank you, everybody, for joining us all the way up to this point. Thank you for all the guys in Mandalore for joining us for a great interview. Great episode. Thank you for joining us for episode 251. Eric, the show's about over. Any final thoughts before we wrap it up? I do have a, have a final thought. It's by, <clears throat> by extension of a post that Jello Biafra shared on his Facebook page. And it's just a quote that says, If we replaced cancel culture with critical thinking, we'd have empathetic conversations instead of emotional reactions. And by talking, we learn to separate honest mistakes from actual hate. So yes, I've noticed this a lot also in this week that people were uh, jumping to conclusions about certain people for acts that they may or may not have committed, despite the fact that there was no proof set forth. It's all just word of mouth. So, yes, before you go jump to conclusions about people based on something that you heard, uh, maybe just kind of reach out, maybe open up a little bit, and just uh, and not just them, not just the instigators, not just the people who perpetuated that act and not the people who are accusing them of that act, but all the people surrounding them. Just kind of uh, reach out, spread the web, and then you can start to base your own opinion. You start to mold that shit. So, yes, take that with, uh, take that with any which way you want. And before you pass judgment, make sure you have a ground on which you can stand. So, with that being said... Truth! Play the fucking outro. <laughs>